G'day and welcome to the first Talking Leave live show and Q&A for the year. Uh, tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, to start the off season, we're going to be building a classics team from scratch. And uh, here with me today is Riley. How's it going, mate? Good, Jakey. Great to be back into it and looking at building our 2023 squads and find our best value picks. Sweet as. Um, as we said, uh, it is a Q&A as well, so at the end of the stream... Um, we'll be going through your questions and we'll try to answer um, as many as we can. Um, but first of all, huge news. Um, so the Talking League textbook will be out on January 30. Um, features a comprehensive guide to the NRL fantasy season for 2023. 180 pages full of the world's best analysis and dribble. 17 team profiles, predicted round one lineups, season schedule analysis and uh, rep player analysis. 391 player profiles for NRL fantasy projections and classic and draft recommendations. Q&A from the chance for the last couple of years, Will and uh, Will and Shane. Um, power rankings for 20, uh, 20 players per position. Bold predictions for 2023. Classic and draft strategy tips. Uh, and most importantly of all, 20% of profits from the textbook will be donated to Bowel Cancer Australia to honour the legacy and contribution to the fantasy community of Steve Nichols who passed away from uh, bowel cancer a short time ago. Um, our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in a free pack of cards as well. Um, more, more information, please visit our Facebook page, talkingleague.com, uh, talkingleaguepod.com, um, and mark down Jan 30 in your calendar. Um, be on sale for $19.95, and we'll also give you a 15-page sample for you to try before you buy. Righto, let's get into it. So, classic team building. I've uh, got my screen up here, completely blank, and we'll be going through from top to bottom on how to build your NRL Fantasy team in Classic. Um, now, we've sort of broke this down into three main steps. So first of all, we're going to be selecting our captain. Second of all, we're going to be selecting our underpriced guns. So in particular, our guns that we think also have a bit of upside and a bit of value as well. And finally, filling in our teams, uh, filling out the rest of our team with value players, including both mid-rangers and cheapies. So first things first, Riley, captaincy choice. Um, this will be our player who scores double points each round. Who are we looking for and why? The three standouts we have, Jakey, are Hines, Cleary and Murray. So Cleary and Hines are both dominant playmakers that score across all stats and in top four sides, whereas Murray establishes a high base through net tackles and run metres, but he's got a consistent attacking upside there as well through being a ball-playing lock. Hines and Cleary both have a buy early on before Origin, which Robbo has flagged and put a spin spanner in the works for a lot of coaches like myself, uh, whereas Murray doesn't. So Cleary and Murray are both going to have significant roles for New South Wales. Rather, Hines may miss out uh, due to be down in the pecking order and the extra utility value of Whiten and Burton. But for tonight's purposes, we're going to go with Cleary um, and plug him in as a captaincy option every week, looking for that 60, 60 to 65 average, and he's going to uh, be consistent all year throughout. Sounds good, yeah. Clear he's, he's pretty, um, been pretty consistent over the last few years as well. He's a fairly safe captaincy choice. And you just never know with Nico Himes. might has that second-year syndrome. Highly, uh, highly unlikely, though, just due to the way he plays, but you never know, but... I guess any of those three choices, Cleary, Hines, Murray, and even Cookie there, he's another option as well. Um, all of them are probably going to average those mid-60s to, mid to somewhere around that 70 mark. So all of them probably probably good choices. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go for, with Cleary tonight. 
Um, so got in there, nice red uh, orange seal on them there, so good to go. Um, so next step, step, we're going to be looking for some undervalued guns. So usually, or not usually, but a lot of people do often do per position, so a gun in hooker, a gun in mid, and so forth. Um, we're just going to do it a little bit different tonight. We're going to be looking for some undervalued guns. Um, so guys we think who are going to average 50 plus and going to be in our team for the whole season, um, but also trying to look for a little bit of value. So we're not going to look too much at positions. We're look, going to be looking more towards the value side of it. Um, so Riley, why don't you kick us off? Who do you have for us? A big one is probably going to be the first pick in a lot of teams and it's the most owned fantasy player at the moment, Brandon Smith. So in 2023, he's going to have a changing role coming to the Roosters as their first choice hooker. He's currently priced at 41, but we expect him to score around 56 points per game. He has achieved this average of 56 points per game across his career in 69 minutes when starting at hooker. He's an explosive ball runner with tackle busting and try scoring upside. And especially with Watson suffering a suspected patella tendon injury, the cheese looks to have secured at least a 60-minute role there week to week. Sweet as. Yeah, I think you know on her there. That 70-plus guarantee with um, yeah, Connor Watson going down is a big upside to Brandon Smith. So that job security just goes through the roof. So awesome choice there. Righto, my choice. Um, this is probably going to be my love interest for the year, really. Ruben Cotter. Missed out on him last year, but my favourite cowboy, he's going in, Ruben Cotter. So reason I'm picking Ruben, 52 average from last season, but I think there's still a little bit of value in him. Um, saw from the games last year, if you filter it by 50-plus minutes at prop, which we think probably will be his starting role for the year, starting at prop and playing fairly good minutes, he has a few points, so four to five points in value when uh, playing that prop role, averaging 56.8. So locking it in as that mid and right righto. Who we got next, Riley? Going to go with Adam Elliott. So in 2022, he found his home at lock for the Raiders. Moving over to the Knights, he's probably going to have a similar role. To start the season, he's going to be priced at 42, but we're going to expect him to score 54 points per game. This projection's based on Elliott playing over 50 minutes, but under 70 minutes. Um, so when we uh, filtered those figures down, he played an average of 59 minutes per game, which we see as being reasonable in that Knights pack. He averages 41 base points per game when playing this time, plus he has offloading and tackle busting upside. So, yeah, looks to have secured that 55 to 60-minute role with Kurt Mann coming on and playing that other 20. Sweet as. Going to lock him in there. Um, another one on the list. So I've got here a bit of a controversial one, but David Feeder, very similar to Cotter, averages around 52 from last season. But when you filter by the games where he played 70 minutes on the edge, and yes, this is probably a bit if iffy. Like we we know David Feeder doesn't have a track record of playing the entire season at 80 minutes second rower, but it's good signs when he does play 70 minutes at second row. He, he averages about seven, uh, 61 in from last year, and that was a sample size of 11 games. So pretty good sem- sample size, about eight points of value. Yes, we know he may not play 70 minutes plus every single game, but I think there's a, still a little bit of value there. I think he's going, to, he's going to average more than that 54 mark. Um, and especially with the Titans this year, I think he's on a contract year too, so he might be up for a big one. So we'll lock him in there at edge. Next one, Riley. 
We're going to go pure guns in the halves, and we're going with Adam Dwayhe. So he secured that 5'8 roll, second year post-ACL injury as well. He's currently priced at 54 uh, and expected to average 62 points per game. We've made this projection uh, with an eight-game sample size from 2022. He scores across all stats and is a dominant playmaker in attack. IPAPs and Bateman are going to give him great uh, hole running options, so plenty of, I suppose, try assist uh, upside there for him. So he does. A lot of money there in the Haas, but all good. Um, now, last one, what we've got there, about six guns now, so probably only going to be able to squeeze one more in. Um, and we're going a bit different, so we don't really send him as a wing of fullbacks yet, but I think we can find one more gun with a little bit of value. And I think Aaron Clark's going to be this man. So Aaron Clark, this is obviously going to come down to TLT, but if he starts lock, he's definitely going to have a bit of value in him. So price at an average of about 41, um, and when he was playing lock at the end of the last year, he only got three games there, so it's a pretty small sample size, but he did average 51. So about nine points of value there. In those games, he averaged about 57 minutes, which may be a little high if Tino keeps that high uh, minute rate up as well. But still, 10 points of value for a guy um, likely to average over 50. Um, I think he's worth a punt. Um, he actually looked really good there from the eye test. Um, sort of that stocky ball runner, uh, good footwork, and nice and explosive. So we're going to lock him in there. And that's a fair chunk of our salary cap spent on mids and halves, which is not too bad. That's the sort of the positions in fantasy um, that are probably the most reliable and more likely to score your points. So... Although we haven't got any guns in our wing of fullbacks or centers yet, it's all good. We've got value all across the park so far, besides from Cleary. Um, now, so going on to our last step, um, this is just going to be filling the rest of the team with value players. So you can sort of bunch mid-range cashies and also basement price cashies in the sort of the same same basket. Um, they're all players who we think probably going to average about 10 points um, more than what they're starting at. Um, do you want to discuss a bit about this, Riley, of what you have, what what does a play with value mean and what are we sort of looking for? So anyone we're picking now on, we're sort of looking to be a cash cow. And when we say cash cow, we want that player to make at least 150K. But to do that, they've got to have 10 points of value working off that magic number, 14.3. So to do that, you do 14.3 times 10, which gives you 143K. But we just round that up to 150K to be nice and neat. Sweet as. So, that, yeah, that's the main sort of thing we're looking for. Guys, we can sort of trade in, um, start with them, and trade them out once they make that over 150K um, just to boost our salary cap up with that little bit. Um, so by the end of the competition, we can end up with more guns by trading in and out and making profit off those players. Um, do you want to start off, Riley? Um, any value players you have in mind? A little bit of mail today that Mark Nichols is going to secure that starting front row role for the Dolphins. So... He's going to be a lock at the start of the season, priced at 30, but we're projecting him to average 43 points per game, so there's 13 points in value. This projection is based off eight starts at prop, where he averaged 43 points in 45 minutes. He looks to have secured that starting front row spot, like I said, and when he does start in the front row, he averages 38 points just in net tackles and run meters, so he's all base. Looking at the Dolphins side, it's going to be very... Uh, a simple style of footy, so he's going to really rely on those run meters and tackles, which is, yeah, it's going to work really well into his style of play. Absolutely. I think he's going to be a bit of a leader there too at the Dolphins. New club. I know the Bromwich brothers are there as well, but 
I think Nichols being at the, you know the Rabbitohs, he wasn't one of those big dogs there, but now he's sort of going to have to start lead that forward pack around as well. So I can see a bit of uptick in involvement as well. Um, now moving on. So my next choice, probably one of the most popular players, Luke Garner, starting on that edge, or most likely starting on that edge for the Penrith. Um, he does have a little bit of competition there um, with Scotty Sorensen. Um, but if he does end up getting that second row spot, he's currently priced an average of 33. And from his starts there at the Tigers, when he was playing 70 minutes, 70 minutes plus on the edge, he did average 46. And you think about it, at the Tigers, probably not getting too many attacking stats. Playing outside either Cleary or Luai, I can see those attacking stats going up as well. He's a pretty good player. I think he's one of those guys who, if he goes into a good system like Penrith, I think he's going to be become a lot better player than what he would have been at the Tigers. Um, so we're locking in there, looking at about 12 points of value, um, plus or minus uh, sort of his attacking game and how that goes. Up to you, Riley. Uh, we'll go Isaac Thompson next. So while Tane Milne's suspended, he has high job security, but we're unsure when Milne's going to be available for selection again, depending on what the Bunnies do uh, with the World Cup and uh, what games count towards his suspension. So at the moment, Thompson's priced at 22 but even though he averaged uh, 40 to 41 points per game last season, uh, with only a two-game sample size, we're going to bring that expected score down to 33 points per game. We do expect that Ilias is going to take more control this year and have natural progression. But like I said, his scores last year were inflated just by um, scoring those two tries in both games. But again, Thompson's going to be a great one to start with in the centres. He's nice and cheap. We don't want to go wasting a whole heap of money there. Absolutely. A yeah. very low-risk option there, spending a little bit, little less money at centre and also playing in a really good team. So those tries most likely going to keep coming if Rabbitohs have a good season. Um, so next one, I'm going to go Tommy Talia. So this is a guy I owned a few seasons ago when he first started playing for the Tigers, and he was a pretty good cash girl back then. Um, I'm going to chuck him in at centre. So, in his career so far, playing 70-plus minutes, he does have an average of 26. So it's probably a little bit low. Um, he's sort of one of those guys, being based from price, you can either start, if you have a top-heavy side like us here, you can probably get away with starting him in your centres. Um, Tigers do look to be on the up this year, so he may have a few more attacking stats. Um, he's sort of the, that sort of guy. You can also chuck him in your emergencies as the other option because he has that centre winger fullback dual. Um, he can cover both centre and winger fullback when you have an injury or it, when someone's on the bye. So he's really good cover. Um, but just for the sake of us, we're going to chuck him at centre and hope he gets a few attacking stats um, with all those Tigers new recruits. Um, back over to you, Rod. Uh, the most debated player in the NRL, Kalen Ponga. So an injury affected 2022 season, and he's going to have a change in role in 2023 with O'Brien confirming he's going to move to 5'8". Priced at 37 but we're only going to expect him to score 43 points per game. So we're looking at Ponga sort of being a step up to someone like Teddy. He mightn't quite make the 150K, but selling him, selling him and holding him is going to be really important that we're selling him on the up uh, when we can and just keeping an eye on his opposition and matchups is going to be really important. He averages across five starts uh, in the NRL at, Sorry, in five starts in the NRL at 5'8", in 2018 and 19, he averages 43. And off-season training at 5'8 will help improve his overall output. And Hastings is going to help simplify his role where Ponga can just focus on running the footy and dominating that left-side attack. 
Absolutely. And hopefully Ponga can get a bit of a good luck with injuries, just been plagued with injuries throughout his whole career. So if he can improve on that, safe fit for a season. I think there's a bit of value in him. Definitely one of those more riskier options, though. Like, it could go either way. But happy to chuck him in there as a value option. Um, this is another probably very risky one, but my next choice is going to be Hammer. So we're going to chuck Hammer in there at winger fullback. So Hammer moving to the Dolphins. Um, with the signing of Tessie New, we still don't know whether he's going to play fullback or centre. Um, I'd probably only be touching him if he plays fullback. Um, does have a career average of 33 at fullback. Um Priced at about 26, so it's not quite that 10 points of value we're chasing, but sort of doing this projection purely off talent. Um, like we don't have the data yet, but we do know he's an absolutely talented player, uh, absolute freak, like really fast, great footwork. If Bennett can get a passing game into his game, and he, if he starts at fullback, I think there's a little bit of upside there just purely based on, it, on his talent. Another one, sort of 50-50, um, just because we're light on the backs at the moment, um, could go either way, but we'll chuck him in there for now and see what that team uh, first team list uh, gives us. So up to you, Riley. Going to go with Hayes Perham next. So the more research I've done on this boat, the more excited I've got. He's got an increased role in 2023, and we're going to... Uh, Based on the mail that we've got, he's going to be the starting fullback for the Dogs. So he's priced at 21, and even though we don't have a lot of stats on him so far, we're going to expect that a young fullback coming into first grade can score uh, mid-30s. He averages 41 points per game across 17 appearances between fullback and centre in the New South Wales Cup last season, where he scored nine tries, had 14 try and line break assists each, and had an average of 126 run metres per game. There is scope for Perham to average high 30s through natural progression and his increased output at fullback compared to centre, especially with Burton having a second year at the Dogs there uh, and Marnie having greater control out of acting half now. Awesome. We'll lock him in. Next one. So moving on to our bench now. Going to go with Mitch Dunn. So starting the season, we have Luciano Leilua, who's currently stood down. We also have Lukey that may not be back for a few weeks. So... Um, Mitch Dunn looks pretty likely to get that starting second row spot. Um, and he does have a track record. So he's played 22 games throughout his career, playing 70-plus minutes in the second row. So he's sort of proven he can get that 80 minutes. Um, he's got an average of 40 throughout his career when playing there. So he's priced at 26. So there's a good 14 points of value. Um, probably going to be just a cash cow, though. Um, you think if Leilua gets off his charge and he comes back, you also got Lukey, who's going to come back from injury. There may be a bit of pressure on him to hold his position, but I think he's probably going to be a pretty good cash cow to start the season. So first four or five weeks, you want to be him making that money, averaging around that 40 mark. Good bench player. You can play in your 17, and hopefully you can cash him out sort of close to origin or after probably six or seven weeks. All right, next one. Elise Katoa has the potential to be one of the uh, biggest breakouts in the NRL in 2023. He's got an increased role and some job security at Melbourne now, moving there for a second row spot. Priced at 31, and we're projecting he's going to score roughly 46 points per game. This is made off his career average when starting and playing over 70 minutes in the second row. He's entering a quality Melbourne Storm system, like I said, and Bellamy will simplify his role. We know what sort of track record Bellamy has when he brings younger players into the club. Katoa's an explosive ball runner. Ball runner, he's got a strong defensive work rate and has plenty of attacking upside. Sweet as. Easy sell there. I think he's going to get a lot more attacking stats than Melbourne. Like, 
under that coaching system of Craig Bellamy, he's going to become a lot better player. It's probably going to improve both his attacking stats and also his base stats. Going to be making more tackles, not dropping off those tackles. So I think he's a pretty safe choice if he gets that starting second row come Teamless Tuesday. Um, next one, our last player in our 17. So that's going to be Hopgood. So also a bit of mail that Hopgood's been um, training a lot for the Eels. So he's obviously come from Penrith, um, priced at 31. Um, and he's, played, he's only played the three career games where he's played more than 40 minutes. So we think if he gets a starting spot, he's probably going to hit that 40-minute mark or just above. So playing in these games, he does average 42. So there's a good 10 points of value in there. Um, obviously, competition with, with Madison, um, but with the likes of uh, Ice uh, Pap going away, um, there's a few more minutes up for grabs. So I think he's good goodbye. And if he does make that starting spot, I'd probably get him. If he ends up round one on the bench, I'd probably be avoiding him. But either way, I think he's going to be good cash hell as well. Up to you, Riley. So now we're moving to our emergencies, and when we're selecting our emergencies, we don't want to be spending over 250k for these. So these are your 230, 250k players you want to be selecting. We're going to look at Trey Mooney as the first one. So he's priced at 17, but we're expecting he'll score 28 points per game. He's had one appearance in first grade in 2022 with the potential to secure a 35-minute bench roll uh, this season, replacing Corey Horsburgh playing lock. He's got a 0.81 PPM in New South Wales Cup last season, and his versatility between the mid and the edge enhances his job security as he can take any spot in the forward pack. So great potential there. But if he doesn't secure that round one spot, Another one that's popped up is Carl Lawton. So we're projecting he's going to take that Dylan Walker role from last year. So he's going to have great job security and he's going to be on that manly bench every week. But again, just track his role in the trials because Seabolt's a fresh coach at Manly and we're not sure if he's going to run that same style of play this year. Yeah, that's a good point too. Like either the, either Carl Lawton or Mooney, even though they do get bench roles and they get a few fair bit of decent minutes, say like 30 or 40 minutes, I think that's still enough to make money when they're basement price. Like your bench emergencies don't always have to be starters. Like we've seen in the past, uh, Stefano I think started off the bench and he's made a fair bit of cash and there's been plenty of players over the years who've just been bench forwards, but they get on the field, play about 30 minutes, average about 30, and there's your 150K made. So really looking for those more high PPM players on, the, on your emergencies if they are staying for the bench, but always a good option there. So... Max and King last year was the perfect one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Max King always turned into a keeper, I think. So even when it was playing off the bench, he was averaging close to 50. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, next one. I'm going to go a bit of a left-field option here. Tyrell Fulmiano. So going over the Dragons team, we haven't really decided who's going to be their other edge partnering Jaden Sewer. So we know Sewer's got that 80-minute role on the left uh Left or right edge, can't remember, but one of those edges right is edge. going to be Jaden. Yeah, right edge. He's going to be he's going to be playing eighty minutes. Um, the big factor here is Jack Bird. Um, we saw at the end of last year, Jack Bird was playing uh, at lock for a lot of the games. So um, if he stays at lock, I think Fumano is probably going to be first grade. I think it's between him and Billy Burns, I'd say, for that second second row spot. Uh, there's also Kerr, who's played there in the past, but I think. Fumo is probably going to be that better option. Um, it, obviously, if Bird ends up starting second row and they move Jack to Bell into lock, he'd definitely, definitely be a no-go. But assuming he's starting second row, I think he's a good option. He may not play 80 minutes at second row, um, just given his fitness, but 
good 40 or 50 minutes at second row should be enough to make him about 150k, given he's pretty much basement price. So we'll lock Fumano in there. Up to you, right? We're going to go with one of Paddy's boys next, Bailey Hodgson. So priced at 16, and we're going to expect he's going to score high 20s to low 30s as a starting fullback for the Knights, providing he can nail that spot. He's had limited opportunities since coming to the NRL with an unfortunate run with injuries, uh, knee and elbow injuries, and COVID. He's averaged in New South Wales Cup, he's averaged 4.2 tackle busts, 134 run metres, and four tackles per game in five starts at fullback for the Knights. If they don't sign Milner, uh, Miller, sorry, uh, from the Sharkies, Hodgson looks to have great job security, uh, apart from being challenged by Gagai, because uh, I can't see Gamble. Uh, getting a crack there to start with, or I'm assuming he would be third choice. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I think he's going to be good. And 230K, if he starts, he's going to make money. It's pretty likely. Um, but yeah, obviously track and wait till the round one team list. And final one, we're going to pick Tyrell Sloan. Um, we know Dragons have the buy in that first round, um, but when he plays, I think he's probably going to be the best option. Um as that last winger fullback reserve. He only averages about 33 when starting at fullback in his career games where he plays the full game. Um, but I think there's similar to Hammer. He's a very talented player. So there's always that attacking upside that he's going to improve his game, improve his passing game, get a bit stronger with a preseason under his belt. And even though he's not playing round one, um, I think he's going to be a fairly good cash cow. Um, don't expect the world from him, but I think there should be enough there to make a bit of money. Geez, we're through through that, so 25 minutes got through it. So we're aiming for 20 minutes, but we got through. So going on to the second half of this podcast, guys, get your questions in. Um, we'll start answering pretty soon once we finish it off. So anything you want, fire away. Could be about your team, could be about players. Whatever you want, get them in, and we'll start to answer them. Um, but just finishing off, um, just summarise, build a team here. So we've gone really top-heavy, and, and that's purely because we've seen value in the mids, the hookers, and the halves. Um, especially for Fido, 770k, Cotter, 744k. So there's a lot of that salary cap up here. But I think we've been able to fill out the rest of our team with fairly good value players. So blokes are probably going to average about 10 plus or more um, above their pro- starting price. And think about this. Each player in your team is a chance for an investment, right? So we've got 20 players here who we've invested in and we're hoping to gain 10 points in value. So adding them all up, there's a high chance that our team value is going to go up pretty significantly. Um, there's obviously different ways you can work this. You can you can you know take a Fafita out, chuck him at winger fullback uh, for a, say Tedesco, and move your cash around a little bit so you can adjust it a little bit. But the main thing we're trying to get out of this podcast was to look for those value options and build your team more around value rather than building your team around you know lock uh, set in stone guns. So. In the, in the value players in the spots where you think there will be value. Anything else out of that, Rolly? No, I think we've done pretty well, Jakey, and you've explained it really well there. There is that other option, like you said, where you can swap out David for feeder and put Teddy in there, and you can have a gun in every position, but we have gone top-heavy with those more predictable and reliable scorers, so there's not going to be your up-and-down weeks. We're going to be more of a consistent side. Yep, Absolutely. And just to finish off, we're just going to do a couple of little housekeeping things. So very good tip here. We can always swap. Obviously, people in the podcast won't be able to see this, but we're just swapping Aaron Clark and Brandon Smith around here. 
So just what this does, so Brandon Smith's got the hooker in mid dual position, where compared to Aaron Clark, he's only got the hooker. So putting Brandon Smith on the bench gives us that extra bit of mid cover on the bench. So if we have a late, late exclusion on, uh, on um, hour before kickoff, we always have Brandon Smith there that can come in, fill that gap. Um, also, you can note on the bench, we don't have too much half cover. So what we can do here is we're assuming Callum Ponga starting in the 5'8 jersey is going to get that halfback jersey. So it gives us a little bit of flexibility. So if there was an injury in one week or if there's a bye and you have a player on the bye, say Adam Dewey was in the bye or anyone else, we can just swap Sloan or Hodgson in the, into winger fullback. And Callum Ponga, hopefully having the half DPP, we can slot Callum Ponga back into the halves. So we've sort of covered every sort of position on our bench, and that's probably a big one going into this season with the buy around every single week, and we're having three um, extra major buys and minor buys. There's going to be a lot of players on the on your red dot. So it'll only take a few people on the buy plus a few injuries, and your, your team will be looking pretty thin. Um, so that's why it's really good to have all those positional covers on the bench and be able to be able to fill every position in your team. Anything else you add, want to add to that, Riley? No, just our VC then. Um, yep. Who are we, who are we going to select? So we have a few options. So obviously VC still wants someone who's probably going to be scoring well, but I think being close to the start of the season, I think we want to select someone early in these games. So we've got Para, Storm playing early, and we've got Warriors, Knights, Penrith, Broncos. So we want to select a VC, um, probably on one of these guns who's playing in one of these three games. Um, just so we have any silly buggers going on later in the week. So if there's a late scratching, say, on Sunday, um, we can always trade those players out and um, give us a bit more flexibility. So Adam Elliott plays nice and early. He's in our starting side. So we don't have any... We can just swap anyone. So say Cotter or Nichols was a late exclusion. We could also swap these guys around. So picking someone early in the round that's also... Um, probably going to be a good scorer. So I like Elliot as the option there. So I think that's pretty much does it. Don't mind this team, Riley. So I think I might stick with it, eh? <laughs> Thanks for the help. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, let's get some questions now. We've got a couple come in. So get back out Let's go. Let's go. Getting keen already. Dom Griffin, evening champions. Evening to you too. Here's one. So Bo Connor, if you don't know, this is uh, Riley's younger brother. Give him a bit of cheap. KP number six, got to be a certainty, Jake Olive. So Bowie's a big Knights fan. Um, what do you think about this, Riley? Oh, I don't know about that, but we're not definitely not putting the captaincy on him, that's for sure. Yeah. I I think with the Knights, though, they do have the Warriors round one, so he's he can always get off to that sort of bit of a flyer. So say if they put a score on the, on the Warriors... It already starts as price rises, so as you were saying before, um, we're looking at probably more of more of a cash gap. Probably isn't going to be a keeper um, if he's playing the five eight jersey unless he significantly improves in his game. So having that nice start to the season with Warriors, where he can probably get a lot of attacking stats, is probably probably going to help him in that regards. You pretty agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Bowie. Um, Hopefully the nights go well for you this season, mate. Jaden Clark, would you consider going with Cameron Murray instead of the likes of Hines and Cleary as there is more money to be made in the halves and Sharks-Panthers early draw? 
what do you think about this run, Riley? You've already talked about a bit about Heinz and Clear at the start. Um, anything else to add to that? No, there's definitely merit in going with uh, Cameron Murray to start with. I suppose Murray's 50k cheaper, so uh, if you do need that extra 50k to grab someone else in, there is merit in going Murray over Heinz and Clear, especially having that early buy. As Robbo said um, in this week's pod, and it got me thinking, he doesn't have a buy before Origin, so he's probably going to be the highest point scorer. So do you want to take him instead? It's a good question, and I, I really like that too. I think the one thing with Murray last year was he had a really high work rate um, and was relied to play those big minutes just because they lost a bit of experience. So I think it's a really good option and a really safe one as well. Um, if we want, we can just have a bit of a play around live on air, do a bit of team fixing and see what a team would sort of look like. So... Say you had an option like that. Say, say you had Cam Murray, you think, oh, maybe I don't want Clear, maybe I want Murray. So Murray's in the mid. Let's take out someone about the same price. I'll take out Ruben Cotter, chuck Murray in there, chuck the C on him, keep Elliot there as our vice captain. And as Jaden was saying, um, a lot of value in the halves. So another value of halves option. I know Hastings has been pretty popular around the trap. So you could chuck someone like Hastings in there. Um, easy switch. You, but you're still maintaining value, right? So we've swapped out Cleary to Murray, um, like for like captain, but with Cotter going out, we've traded in Hastings, who's also a value player. So we haven't really lost any value. So we've still got a value player in for a value player and a captain in for a captain, but it's just given a little bit boost of 196K. So that 196K might be able to help us upgrade someone we don't like in our centers. So for example, this team, Say if we didn't want Kalen Ponga, we could trade him out for someone um, with 196k. Or if we didn't think Hamill was going to be a very good option, we could trade him out and pick someone else instead. So, Or maybe like Hayes Perham, maybe he doesn't get the start. We can trade him out, swap him for someone else. So it just gives us a little bit of room as well to play with. So always a good thing when you're messing your team around. When you're training out value players, keep getting value players in. You still want to be... The more value players you have, the more your team value is going to rise. So... Great question. I'm happy with Murray there, so might just leave that for the time being. So moving on. Dom Griffin, steering clear of any Dolphins not named Gilbert or Hammer. It's a good option. What do you think about Gilbert, Riley? Have you thought of him at all? Not really. I guess with the Dolphins, I've sort of thought there's not a lot of value in there. There's not going to be a lot of, I suppose, youngsters or inexperienced players getting the start. They're more... um, well-established NRL uh, players that are coming from other clubs. So there's not too many people apart from the Hammer who had a minor role at another club that's underpriced. You see Sean O'Sullivan, he had, I think he played 10 or 11 games for the Panthers last year and he's got, had a solid average round 50 and he's priced it. Is it just over 700k? So Yeah, 719, about average of 50. He's probably the only one I would consider, but then you need him to make 150k to trade out because at the end of the season, you want Hines and Cleary as your ideal halves probably. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point too. I, I like what you said about how they come from other clubs. Most of the players who are coming to the Dolphins already had a role, um, their established role at different clubs. Like obviously the Kafusi, uh, the Bromwich boys, they're all, all roles not going to change. Even though they're a different club, their role is going to be very similar. So it means they're pretty much priced out. So have a look at someone like Jesse Bromwich. For example, averages 35, 500K. His minutes really aren't going to change. You may get a slight uptick 
Um, but that's about it. He's already pretty much priced out at what he's going to score. So especially with the rest of the Dolphins, that's sort of what they're going to be. So I agree with Dom. They're probably going to be staying away from most Dolphins. Even Hammer's a very 50-50 sort of option. You know, like I'm only going with him purely for the fact that there might be some potential in him. Um, and it's probably not the safest cash cow, probably more a risky cash cow. And I think with Gilbert too, there's a lot, of, obviously a lot of minutes being shared around there, I think, too, at the, uh, at the Dolphins. Obviously, you've got Ray Stone coming off, mate, what well, we predicted to him to come off the bench, and with Gilbert starting that lock position. you also got the yeah, Bromwich, Nichols, Jared Wallace, all these guys, experienced guys that are all going to be fighting for minutes. So I just don't think Gilbert's going to get probably the minutes that you want. So you look at Gilbert, he's already at 560k there, price at about an average, what's that, about 40-odd. So it's probably not going to have too much of an uptick. Um, but you never know, he could come out firing at the start of the season, lift his PPM and absolutely kill it. Um, just have to see how it goes. Dills Hall. So this is one we've been talking about a little bit, uh, Riley. Bird at centre. Um, I can probably start on this side. I know Bird, I think he averages, oh, what is he priced at? I think he's probably priced at, yeah, 600k, so he's priced around that 40 mark. But he does have that really good um, average when starting lock. I, when he was playing lock, he was averaging something like 75 minutes or so, averaging around that 50 mark, and he's, he's really good value at the moment. Um, but he does play that first buy. So what are your thoughts on picking up Bird, Riley? At the moment, he does look like the one keeper center that, all coaches are going to need to have come that run home. But having that buy in round one, it's pretty hard to leave uh, that 600K sit on the bench and play with five guns instead of six, if you know what I mean. So you're potentially losing points there and you're going to set yourself back to start with and you're going to be forever playing catch-up. So I think maybe let it go and just sort of see what role he is going to play because minutes in that Dragons pack perhaps are a little uncertain. And come round five, six, he might be a better pickup then. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it could be a risky option, like that could really pay off if he if he was confirmed that he was going to be a lock, and he was confirmed that he was going to be playing, you know, eighty minutes. You could just risk it, have him on the emergencies, bring him in round two, and then he's scoring, you know, fifty points, and that's going to be better than pretty much everyone everyone else's center. He's going to be an awesome pod, but yeah, just because we're not going to know that round one team. Well, sorry, round two for the Dragons team in round one. So it's still just that job security is just going to be a little bit iffy. So personally, I'd probably avoid, but if you're a big risk, risk taker, um, it could pay off. You never know. Particularly with there not being a lot of value in the centres to start with yep. too, Jakey. He could be an option to go with. I um, mean, you just carry uh, someone for that first week in the centres, maybe shift the hammer up to centre and uh, trade Isaac Thompson out and have uh, Bailey Hodgson in at fullback yeah good point too like um having someone like hammer going up in your centers is another option as well but you look at it um bird's probably going to be the only center this year that's actually playing out of position apart from hammer um and even hammer could even be in the centers if new gets that um fullback role so when you have centers who are playing in the forwards or centers that are playing the halves like you've seen in the past guys like john bateman playing the centers simon mannering um valuable in the centers guys like Matt Burton in the halves, like those centers who are dual position that are actually playing in real life in other positions that score a lot better traditionally than centers are always great options. And Bird's pretty much the only one this year. So I think he's going to be in pretty much most teams by the end of the season as that gun center. Um, but yeah, 
be careful starting with him is very risky. Um, moving on to Morgan Jones, Ponga and Hastings are the same team or taking points off each other? That's a good question. Especially, I think, that with the kick meters is probably going to be the big thing. Um, traditionally, we've seen Hastings at the Tigers. He's played two separate roles there. Like, we've seen him take all the kick meters, and then we've seen him gone back to uh, being that second fiddle half and not kicking at all when he was, and even moving into lock position. So, it really depends on the role. Um, my guess is probably Hastings is going to take probably 60, 70% of the kick meters. What do you reckon, Riley? Yeah, I'd say he's going to be the dominant kicker and they're going to take a lot of pressure off Ponga and just let him roam and sort of be a second fullback, uh, really similar to the style of play that Cody Walker um, has for the Rabbitohs. Absolutely. Righto, we'll go through a few more questions. We don't have too much time left, but we'll try to get through a few pretty quickly. Thoughts on Kurt, man? What are you thinking, Riley? Uh, Clear avoid for me. Going to start on the bench for the Knights. Have a limited role. His versatility's probably his detriment sometimes. He gets shifted around a lot, potentially going to spell Braley at hooker for 10 minutes and then Elliot for 20 minutes at lock. So, yeah, I'd definitely avoid. Yeah, same here. Quick avoid. Um, good one to, to keep in the book, though. Um, if he does start off the bench, if he drops a little bit of cash, you might be able to pick him up around 7 or 8 if there's an injury and he gets that starting role. So probably one to avoid to start the season, but, yeah, keep an eye on him throughout the season. Um, thoughts on CNK and Martin? value so we're looking at probably either the Warriors fullback and 5-8 or in whichever order CNK may even start center but most likely CNK fullback Martin 5-8 you reckon yeah I have seen a little bit of mail from the Kiwi boys on CNK starting at center it depends on what they do with Metcalf really are they gonna throw him in the deep end round one at 5-8 or not yeah it's gonna be a pretty tricky situation there, there is value there yeah, with yeah. those players, though, but just it might only be that six to eight points instead of that ten points we're looking for. Yeah, I think Martin as well. He he's pretty close to base and price from what I remember. I think he's only two ninety or something like that. Yeah, three hundred k. He does have a fairly good average at the Cowboys. I think he averaged about thirty three when he started five eight. But obviously, Cowboys had a much better side um, than the Warriors currently. So. Probably going to lose a little bit of attacking stats. I can't really see the value there in him just yet, um, especially if he play, ends up playing fullback. is definitely a no-go for me. Leanna, uh, are you all going with this with a game with a plan on the guns you want to, to work up to, or is it more just seeing how it goes? For example, I think once make a bit of those caches, I want to bring in Berto in. Yeah, obviously, Burton's going to be... Probably one of those gun um, halves for the season, um, but sort of the same strategy. We're, we're still getting those guns, but we're sort of getting those guns that we think also have value. So the likes of Clark, Brandon Smith, David Feeder, Luke Garner. Ah, uh, sorry, not Luke Garner. Adam Dewey. These guys, they already average over fifty, so they're probably going to be keepers in their position. But we also think there's a little bit value, so we're sort of dipping our hands in two baskets. We're getting someone that we can rely on to score well, but also that little two or three, four points extra bit of value is just going to boost that team value up um, instead of picking you know, a really overpriced keeper, say like a Cherry Evans or a Mitch Moses looking through this list here. Some of these guys whose average probably isn't going to go up. It's either going to stay the same or go down. We just think the guys like Elliot, Feeder, Dewey, these guys, they don't really have any downside. They, worst case scenario, Fafita's probably going to average something like 52. Best case scenario, 60. So you've got that little bit of room to play with, even if they do go bad. 
Anything to add to that, Riley? Happy with that? No, I was backing up your point, Jakey. We've gone with someone like Elliot instead of, say, a Tedesco who's going to hover around that uh, 700, 750k all year, but we're going 100k less with Elliot, and he's probably going to end up a keeper around that 50-point mark. So we just feel as though there's more value with him. Not to say you can't go with Teddy to start with. We just feel as though for the balance of our side and the players that play options that we have, Elliot's just a little bit uh, better of a pick. Absolutely. So nothing wrong with... There's no right or wrong answer to making your team just as long as you're picking those value players. And if you want to stay solid, you want to be not risk adverse at all and just pick some really solid keepers in your wing of fullbacks and just want to straw those positions up, go for it. Um, we're just going with that very, very value approach method in this um, just for something a little bit different, just trying to build that team value right from the start. But great question. Thanks for uh, answering in. And final one. Carrigan, Barnett, Murray. Got to be the three best mids. You think they're probably the three going into the season going to be best? I'm not sure about Barnett. No, and Carrigan, I think, is going to depend on a lot what happens with Haas. While Haas isn't there, Carrigan's going to be up there. I also think Cotter's going to be one you need for the run home, and Tarpany's going to be up there as well. He's going to have another big season. Tino, another breakout year this year. Uh, preseason starting in the front row. Playing that 65 to 70 minutes, he's going to, I suppose, we're looking at him to average at 55 to 60, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely Murray is going to be probably your best one. And I'd say uh, likely Isaiah Lowe is still going to be up there. Tarpane is still going to be up there. Not sure about Clemmer, um, but those sort of guys are definitely going to be up there. So, And Carrigan's a good shout as well. I think he's going to get a little bit more minutes um, with Haas being out of the, maybe being out of the team. So anyway... Thanks for that, Rolly. Got through, what's that, 46 minutes now. So good pod. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, keep an eye out for that textbook that's coming out. Um, a lot of us have put a lot of work into it, and I think there's a lot of good analysis in there, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Um, obviously, money's going to a great cause as well, so always good um, donating to that Bow Cancer charity in um, recognition of Steve Nichols, who um, unfortunately passed away. So thanks a lot for that. Keep an eye out for the other guys in the pods. Um, team previews are still coming out, and we're going to be starting up some more Q&As over the next few weeks as well. I think it's going to be changed for Wednesday, so I'll probably see you guys probably in a month's time, close to the season, but I'm sure the boys will be doing a great job on these live shows. So thanks for your time, Riley. No, good to be back into it, Jakey, and yeah, let's bring on 2023. Absolutely. And thanks for all the questions, everyone. Have a good one.